welcome to Mikes and Movies, the podcast that invites you to sit back and relax with us as we talk about movies. I'm your host, Alex Haina, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my wonderful co-host, the one, the only, Deshaun Corbin. We're back. We're back. This is our monthly recap show where we discuss all of the big goings on from the month prior in the world of film. So what we do is we talk about what interests us, basically, rather than trying to cover every bit of movie news, trailers, etc. for the entire month. We just pick a couple of each and talk about them for a little bit. So today we'll be talking about the news, trailers, and movies of January 2022, as well as what we're looking forward to in February. We'll also be discussing our top 10 movies of 2021, despite how late we are to the game, but whatever. We wanted to do our top 10 as its own podcast a couple of weeks ago, but we just couldn't make it work schedule-wise, so we figured we'll talk about it today. All right, enough nonsense. Without further ado, let's begin. So let's start off with news of January 2022. Wait, I have the right month, right? January? Yes, January. Okay, I don't know why that I felt like I was saying the wrong month. All right, so uh, starting off with the news of January 2022, John Krasinski announced his cast for his upcoming movie called If, and it includes, then this is really why I want to talk about it, it includes Steve Carell reuniting uh, John Krasinski and Steve Carell from The Office days. I can't wait to see uh, John Krasinski direct Steve Carell. Well, he has directed Steve Carell once before. He did He did one. He's directed three episodes of The Office. Okay. Two of them were post-Steve Carell. But he did do one with Steve Carell in, I don't know, season six, maybe, something like that. So he has technically directed Steve Carell before, but directing in television is, I don't know, you don't have the creative freedom. and yeah, it's really not. You don't really get to put your stamp on it in, in any significant way. Ryan Reynolds is also in this movie. Yes. As well as Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Fiona Shaw. Who is amazing, um, by the way. What, who? Phoebe Waller-Bridge? Phoebe. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you have Louis, Louis Gossett Jr. in it. But here's something that I didn't realize until looking up the uh, IMDb page. John Krasinski is also in it. Oh, he's actually in it? Yeah, he's, he's in the cast. He's number one listed on the cast. Really? Yeah. So I don't know. Like you saw his Instagram post, right? Right. Where he was like, what if I could assemble my Dreamcast? What if? What if? And then, I mean, I don't know about you. My first reaction, first of all, it says assemble. But that alone, I mean, if, if it had said that, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. But the fact that he like emphasized what if, my mind immediately went to Marvel. I don't know about you. That, that's, what I, that's what I thought right away. Which brings me to a question. When I just searched it up on IMDb and everything, it comes up under Imaginary Friends. Yeah, what do you mean? Like the title? Yeah. Did you see that? No, because I have I I have it open right now, and I have if it says if twenty twenty three. If you search Imaginary Friends, John Krasinski, it comes up twenty twenty three, and it's his movie. So I don't know what the actual title is going to be. But. Well, it was originally going to be called imaginary friends when john krasinski first announced it he i mean it was announced as imaginary friends and he said it was going to be about somebody i don't know if he said it was a kid or whoever the main character is somebody who can see other people's imaginary friends like that was the the basic plot of the movie but then after this uh instagram post 
it's being like the the uh, trades, like deadline and all them, are reporting it as being called if, as okay. in like if imaginary friends. I yeah. don't know. It'll be cool to see uh, John Krasinski actually direct Steve Carell. I wonder, I wonder if it was like because I don't know, I don't know what every movie the the process is different. So I wonder if John Krasinski was like trying to get Steve Carell, or if he just happened to be the right fit for the character. I don't know. I just hope it does. What the vibe that I get from this movie, first of all, sounds nothing like anything he's done before. Like he did, obviously, a quiet place, a quiet place too. I'm just thinking like the style, right? I don't know. I don't know what because I'm so used to the grittiness of a quiet place. I just can't picture John Krasinski what what his take on such a what seems like a lighthearted concept is going to be. I don't know. Like I, I, for whatever reason, I picture like bedtime stories. The the Adam Sandler. Movie. <laughs> hey, I love that movie. Very good. <laughs> Underrated. I think you you might be the only person who has ever uttered those words. <laughs> it's, about bedtime stories. it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. It's very good. I don't know why, but that's just like the vibe that I get from like hearing about what this movie. Who's in this movie? First of all, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And Steve Carell, both primarily comedic actors. And there's a little girl in it. I don't know. I forget her name. Um, actually, and there's a little boy in it too. Yeah. So I, I wonder know. if it's like a family kind of movie. Like, is it going to be pushing PG 13 or are we just straight? Like, is this a PG family movie kind of thing? I imagine it's going to be PG. It's going to be like a, and this is probably, I'm only, this is probably only coming to my head because of Steve Carell. But it's probably going to be the same kind of feel as like Evan Almighty, where there's like adult humor in it, but it's it's for the whole family, that kind of thing. Yeah. But I wonder who, like, is John Krasinski playing the person who sees other people's imaginary friends? Is Ryan Reynolds playing the person who sees other people's imaginary friends? Or is, are one of the two little kids? See, that's what I was thinking. Or like but, starts off as an adult and he's remembering his past or something, something like that. Who knows? Right. You know what this is? This is the PG version, the family version of the Sixth Sense. <laughs> okay. I'll, I I want. I like that. I see imaginary friends. I see imaginary friends. Our Steve Earl could pull off a psychiatrist type of thing. That's true. I'm. I'm just assuming this is going to be a comedic movie. I, I mean, it has not. It has to be, but. I can't imagine you get Ryan Reynolds and Steve Crow. And you well, don't. it's not going to be like, yeah, it's not going to be dark and dramatic and intense. Yeah. Like, but it could be, what was that movie with uh, Ray Romano? Kamal Nanjiani wrote it and starred in it. And uh, Holly Hunter was in it. Uh, the Big Sick. The Big Sick. Oh, Did you see that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it could be something like that where it's just kind of like a dramedy where it's funny, but it's it's also, it's got like serious aspects to it. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, I I could see it being being something like that. Now that I said that, that's really what I one what I hope it is and what I really imagine it's going to be. All right. Anyway, moving on to uh, the next uh, news story from January 2022, which is kind of ridiculous but worth talking about. Apparently, there are some fans, quote unquote, fans of the movie Yesterday fans are suing universal for releasing a trailer that included Ana de Armas when she is not in the movie. This movie came out three years ago. (laughs) 
Yeah. This trailer is from three and a half years ago. Now, this, do you think they like just saw the movie? <laughs> they are like, well, here's what they're saying. What they're saying is they spent what five dollars or something to rent it on Amazon, and on Amazon, the trailer that plays, you know, you know, when you go on Amazon Prime, yeah, and there's a movie. It says watch trailer. You watch the trailer. That trailer that plays is the one that has. On, I never know how to say her name. I've I've heard it pronounced Ana de Armas and Ana de Armas. I don't know how it's pronounced. Ana de Armas, according to her. Oh, so well, I, she would know better than anybody else. Use of this woman. But anyway, she's in this trailer for I don't know two seconds in one scene. It's not like she's advertised as being heavily featured in the movie, and then she's just not in it. But they're suing for it. Hold on. Let's see. I think I have the article. This is according to The Guardian. A class action lawsuit was filed on January 21st by blah, 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 alleging that Universal Pictures, the film's U.S. distributors, were false, misleading, and deceptive for releasing the trailer for the film, on which they said they subsequently each spent $3.99. So $4. Oh. They spent $4 to watch this movie on Amazon. And now they are suing for... I thought they had the number here. Hmm. Okay, but if you were going to see the movie because you're a big Anadarmas fan, you would be disappointed anyway. She's in it for two seconds. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, why don't, Let, why Let's don't... say... Yeah, exactly. Like, let's say she wasn't it. You really bought this movie, watched an entire movie based on nothing else but the fact that she's in it. Yeah. And then she ends up being in one scene and maybe having one or two lines. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't know what her role originally was going to be in the movie and or why it was cut. But based solely on the trailer, which is what they are basing this on, they're basing it on the trailer. You can only assume she was in that one scene where they're on the talk show and he's basically singing to her and she looks like she's just in love with him for singing a song to her. Right. And that's it. <laughs> that's so this whole thing, this whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. However, the reason I wanted to talk about it is because what if they win? Like, what would the repercussions be if they win this lawsuit? Do you think, well, first of all, do you think they have any chance of winning? No, but if in like a hypothetical world they did win, you're basically telling studios and whoever the trailer you show, any trailer you show, has to 100% have a scene that is included in the movie, which is exactly a weird thing to think. But at the same time, like, why why are we seeing trailers about stuff that isn't in the movie? You know, I, I get I get why a scene might not be in the movie after it's already in the trailer, but because they film things, right? They send the footage to the trailer house. The trailer house said it's the trailer while the movie is still being edited, and then you know, two months down the line, they decide, oh, wait, that scene's not going to be in the movie. But oops, trailer's already been released. Right. You know, there's nothing they can really do about that. But there are the cases where, you know, they there are trailers that are specifically, like sometimes trailers, there there's things that are filmed just for trailers. Yeah. Or things that are filmed just to be an advertisement for the movie or, you know, whatever the case may be. Like, obviously, the first one that comes to mind is what's the first one that comes to your mind? I want to see if it's the same as mine. Civil War. Civil War? Yeah. Mine's Infinity War. 
See, I think mine is a civil war for a different reason than yours is. See, mine Are you is talking about them cutting Spider-Man out of the yeah. So I'm like, if you if you if you don't like Spider-Man, you're like, all right, good. Spider-Man's not in this movie. And then you see the movie, you're like, oh well, he's in it now, you know. But completely different situation. I know what you're thinking of though from that movie. Yeah, this obviously the scene where you know they're all running towards the camera, the Hulk is there, everybody's there. Yeah, that scene's not in the movie. And then, of course, after that movie came out, everybody theorized, oh, that's going to be in Avengers 4. And then it wasn't, which I don't know that that the Civil War one makes sense to me because you wanted to they wanted that to be a surprise. They didn't want I don't know. They didn't want to spoil the surprise. Yeah. Infinity War. That one is like, what was the point of that? Like you could have put any other shot. Like, was it was it solely to make us think the Hulk was going to be in the movie? Like, was that the whole point of that shot? Yeah. Or was it just so that they had a cool shot of everyone together, which they don't really have in the movie? There is no, like, big hero shot of all of them anywhere in Infinity War. Yeah, and the Hulk is in it for five minutes max. Right. But does that constitute false advertisement? To say, look, look at the Hulk. He's going to be in the the big battle in this movie, and then he's not. So, trailers do this it's not this is nothing new and this is such a small inconsequential example of it that it's like are they really are they just trying to do they really believe they have a case are they trying to just stir the pot are they trying to just be like pains in the ass it's not easy to file a lawsuit like it takes so much (laughs) you have to do so many so much paperwork and you have to hire lawyers and you have to there's so much to it. So yeah, why yeah. would somebody go out of the way to do all this? For something so small. Exactly. To be fair, if they are doing well, they are doing it. They must have a good lawyer who who thinks that they have some type of chance. There's no way you just hire anybody. Know. It could just be like um, they they want to represent the fans and stand up to the studio and say, you need to stop with the false advertisement because. I mean, look at Spider-Man No Way Home. They did a lot of that. There was a lot of kind of trickery in those trailers to hide things. Lots of trailers do that. Not only that, but they have edits that are misleading. Like, they'll show what looks like one scene, but really they're two separate scenes. Like, And when then when you see the movie, you're excited that you... Well, depending on what the scene is, but like it's like both sides of it. If we didn't like Infinity War, if Infinity War wasn't a good movie we probably would be mad about it. Right. But because Infinity War was incredible, no, we forgive it because we're like, oh, it's all right. The movie was great without that. We didn't need that. Well, for these people, though, and the Armist makes their movie. I guess. But if what let, let's just let's just pretend for a second that they have a shot at winning. What does that mean? Like, what happens? Do do the studios take it seriously and go, oh, well, I guess we can't. I don't know. Like, do, yeah. do you know what might happen? What? It might just be as simple as a little tagline, not tagline, fine print on the end, like on the title card of a trailer saying some shots in this trailer aren't in the movie. It could be that simple. Yeah. Not all footage shown appears in final film or something like that. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, if, if they were to win, I could see that being the way it goes. I really hope yeah. so. I really hope that would be the, I hope there yeah. wouldn't, it wouldn't go beyond that. 
Yeah, like this this isn't like buying a package or something from Walmart and what's inside the box isn't what's on the front of it. This is literally a small scene that is cut that has no effect on the movie at all. So well, yeah. is is it not like that though? I mean, let's go back to to the big example, Infinity War. That had blatantly had a shot of the Hulk in the battle. If I went to I don't know, Walmart, like you said. And mm-hmm. bought a TV, <clears throat> and the TV had the Disney Plus logo on it, saying it's a smart TV that that can you know has Disney Plus included on it. And then I go to watch the TV, and Disney Plus isn't included on it. That's false advertisement. They advertise it as one thing, and the actual product is another thing. I don't know. Is that not the same thing? Are they different things? I don't actually know the answer. I'm I'm yeah, just throwing but it out in the ether. If a judge did go with that line of thinking, then they would win this case because <laughs> that's a like if right. the judge equates those as the same thing. Right. Anyway, we've been talking about this for too long. Let's move on to the trailers of January 2022. So I don't want to say not a lot of trailers came out in January. But the big trailers that came out in January were uh, one for the Batman, which I don't know about you, Deshaun, but I am not watching because I'm I I don't need to see any more Batman stuff until I see the movie. And all the other trailers that came out in January are basically for movies coming out in February. So it's kind of like, eh, what's the point of talking about them? They're coming out in a couple weeks. But there is one trailer that I wanted to talk about. Uh, and that's for A24's new movie coming out called X. This seems way more up your alley than mine. So I'm going to let you talk about it first. Okay. First, Jenna Ortega. She was in Scream. Also, she was in You Season 2. She is slowly becoming... I didn't know I had a Season 2. I didn't even know I had a Season 1. <laughs> she is slowly becoming the Scream Queen of, I guess, this generation. She was in Insidious Chapter 2. Very small role, but she was in it. She was in The Babysitter. She was... Is The Babysitter the, the one with uh, the the girl from, uh, you know, the druggie from Disney Channel? Bella Thorne? Yeah. Yeah. This is actually... Uh, she was in the um, the sequel of it, oh. Killer Queen. She was in You Season 2, if you consider that horror or not. It's suspense, thriller, whatever you want to call it. And now she's in X, and she was in Scream. She is... The scream queen of this generation so far. I mean, she's the only one. I love Jenna Ortega, she's amazing. But X is grindhouse, old school horror, Texas Chainsaw 1974 making horror style. And I love it. Like I said, it's more up your alley than my alley, but that doesn't mean I definitely think it looks really good. I think it may like the way it's shot. It's A24. Yeah. A24, while I don't like all of the movies they've put out, like I don't know. I recently watched The Green Knight and it was just kind of not really my thing. But that doesn't mean from a filmmaking standpoint that it wasn't really well done. It's the same thing with The Lighthouse. I'm not a big fan of The Lighthouse, but I can still acknowledge from a, a technical standpoint and a filmmaking standpoint that it's really well done. So A24, I don't think, puts out what I would call bad movies, even if I don't like no. them all. So I'm always going to give A24 movies a chance. I don't know. It says they're selling it as from the studio that brought you hereditary. 
the studio has brought us a lot more than hereditary. So I'm just assuming that the reason they're saying that is it's going to be kind of a similar tone as hereditary. Yeah. But I don't know. I'd imagine so. If that is the tone of the movie, like if they are trying to push this as like a hereditary adjacent kind of movie, the trailer did a really bad job of that because the trailer's kind of <laughs> weird. First of all, I can't be the only one that thought that was Matthew McConaughey at first. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> and I got so mad because they didn't say his name and they didn't show his name. I was like, so, but I thought it was McConaughey and with the IMDb, it's not him. I was so disappointed. But yeah, it felt like a like a Richard Linklater slash I don't know. It, it felt like if Richard Linklater directed a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. That's the vibe that I got from the trailer. Not I should say not, it's the vibe that I got from the way the trailer was edited and this the music that they chose and the tone of the trailer. But based on the visuals of the trailer, what the movie looks like it's going to be, it doesn't seem like that that's the kind of movie it's going to be. So I don't know. It's a, they they chose a weird way to advertise this movie. I do have one small tiny prediction. Do you remember at the end of the trailer? They find the camera and they're like, oh, I wonder what's on here. And he's like, oh, some crazy ass yeah, horror movie. Horror, or something. Horror, yeah, right. My my hunch is that that's the beginning of the movie. Did You've seen obviously I know you've seen The Strangers. Yes. Kind of like that, how it opens up and it's like what happened in this house kind of thing. Like some some shit went down here and now yeah. we're going to see what happened. Texas Chainsaw, stuff like that, where, yeah. They yeah. show the aftermath first and then they find the camera or yeah, like in Texas Chainsaw, they literally find the camera. That's why I compare this movie to that so much. I mean, they're in a Texas farmhouse. The only thing I can say though, the the director, Ty West or T.I. West, whatever his name is. Till West. Two. <laughs> only movie I ever seen from him was Kevin Fever 2. And I don't hate that movie. It's just not a good movie. It's okay. But he wrote this, so it had to be good enough for A24 to say, okay, you got it. True. And also, let's not gloss over the fact that Kid Cudi is in this movie. So if it's good enough for Kid Cudi. <laughs> it's good enough for me. Good enough for anybody. Uh, but back to, it, her name's Jenna Ortega, not right? Not Jenny Ortega? Is it Jenny or Jenna? Yeah, Jenna. Jenna. Jenna Ortega. I always want to say Jenny Ortega, I think, because it just flows better. But Jenna Ortega. Uh, the only thing I've seen her in is Scream, the new Scream movie. Um, the first time I saw this trailer for X was before I saw, you know, was in front of Scream when I was seeing Scream. Right. So I didn't know who she was when I saw this trailer. After seeing Scream and knowing she's in this, that definitely bumps up my interest because she was probably the best, gave the best performance in Scream I that I agree. can think of. Yeah. Should we just, I mean, this feels like a natural transition to now talk about the only movie that we saw that came out in January. Scream. Do you want to, do you want to just start talking about Scream now? <laughs> yes. All right. Let's talk about Scream. So yeah, it's the only move, the only January movie you saw, right? It's the only January, January movie I saw. Oh uh, yeah. Man, this year. So uh, let's talk about some Scream. Um, let's try to avoid spoilers. Let's avoid major spoilers. We can talk specifics, but major major plot points, major things that happen. Let's not let's not talk about. Let's not talk about the deaths or any twists or anything like Wait, that. People die in this movie. Believe it or not, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, 
what did you think of Scream? All right, so you might you know this, I think, already. Uh, Scream is my favorite horror movie. Scream 1996 is my favorite horror movie of all time. I want you to go first because I want to... Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, so let me get the, the negatives out of the way first. First of all, I'm not as big of a Scream fan as you are, which I think can be beneficial to the movie from my perspective, but also detrimental. Like on one hand, I don't have these high hopes and high expectations and any or anything else, but also I don't have all of that nostalgia for it. And I don't have the attachment and I don't get all of the references and uh, things like that. I mean, obviously I got some of the references like past characters and things like that. And like when they talk about like, uh, first of all, they there there's so much i think every single line in this movie was some sort of meta reference it was just a little too much there's a lot yeah it, it was a little too much where like i didn't see stab eight it was the guy that did knives out and he ruined the franchise it's like oh okay it's a little on the nose what else i mean there's just so 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 many meta references they even referenced the whole thing where they named the the sequel just the name of the movie as opposed yeah. to having the so like, requel, yes, right, which is is part of Scream. Like that is what Scream was. The very first Scream was supposed to be uh, meta, a, yeah, a breakdown of what the slasher genre was, and to just kind of show how ridiculous it was, and to put the audience in the shoes of the characters instead of watching halloween where you're constantly screaming at the television yelling at laurie strode for not you know for what just run away why are you staying there get up and run away like you stabbed him yeah. in the eye that doesn't mean he's dead get up and run away oh well why are they doing that just do this if i was there i wouldn't do that and then that's what scream is for that's what scream is right like you had that scene in this movie where somebody straight up said they're not dead until you shoot them in the head like you always have to shoot them in the head which, by the yes. way, without spoiling anything, that was my least favorite moment in the whole movie. I thought that was so stupid. Um, stupid that it happened or stupid that... The way it happened. Okay. I could agree with that. But yeah. Um, so that's those are my that's my big negative of the movie, is that it was just a little too self-referential. Like, we get it. It's Scream. It's meta. You didn't have to lay it on so thick. It, it, to me, it wasn't a great movie. Like, it's not cinema. It's not, you know, The English Patient or, or Shawshank Redemption. Like, you're not going into this movie expecting Oscar-worthy stuff. Uh, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. Like, from start to finish, I was never bored. There was never a point in the movie where I was like, it's dragging or anything like that. I was engaged the whole time. I will say, I mean, this is a Scream movie, so everybody knows that Somebody in the group is the killer. That's just how every single Scream movie goes. I will say, from the very first trailer, I predicted who the killer was. So they didn't really? do a very good... Yeah, they didn't do a very good job of, of hiding that. But, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. it. I don't really have much else to say. I mean, what I want to say would be going into spoiler territory, so I don't want to right. do that. All the, I mean, all the performances were really good. Those are my thoughts. What are yours? Let's start with negatives. I do agree 100% where it's it was at points too meta, but I don't fault them for that. The problem that a lot of people had with Scream 4 was that they felt it didn't honor everything that came before and it 
didn't touch on the stuff that made Scream so popular, which was the meta comedy, knowing where you're at, blah, blah, blah. So I get why they did all that in this one. They did a little bit too much, but I don't fault them for that. The main character, I, she just, first of all, she, she got outacted by Jenna Ortega in every scene they were together. There's a scene where they're crying. And Jenna Ortega is selling it, selling it, 100% so good. And then you have Sam just like fighting to even get a tear out. And it's like, I'll just uh, just cut cut the scene. It's too much. Was it just that one scene no, that no, you no. thought she wasn't good? Or the whole movie you didn't think she was good? I thought she was good. I thought she wasn't as good as I would like the final girl to be. I don't know if it was just because, one, I was... I don't know if it's because I was distracted by everybody else's acting while she was on screen or something like Jenna Ortega. I was absolutely taken with because I was just like, who is this girl? Why have I never seen her? Because she's so good. So good. And then, of course, uh, Huey. What's his name? I can't think of his name. Quaid. Jack Quaid. Quaid, He's he's always really good. I love him. So I don't know if I was just distracted by everybody else while she was on screen or if I'm just biased because i loved her in in the heights or what but i didn't really yeah Yeah. so i I didn't really notice that she was bad per se everyone else in the new cast though i thought were a good addition to what scream is and the legacy characters they didn't overstay their welcome it wasn't too much of them uh they did a great job of first of all they did a great job of um showing respect to the old franchise and to Wes Craven, who has directed Scream 1 to 4. They did a great job of continuing that legacy. It's not the best Scream. Still, Scream 1 is better. So what would you rate it? I gave it a solid 8.5. Oh, wow. That's high. Yes. That's a high rating. That's I mean, that's that's all you. I mean, that's, that you know, to each their own. I just didn't expect it to be that high. We like what we like. I gave it a 7.1. That's fair. All right, let's get into some of the movies we're looking forward to in February. Uh, And we're going to start off with a bang, literally and figuratively speaking. Potentially the greatest movie of all time. I haven't seen it yet, but there's no way this doesn't end up being the greatest motion picture in the history of film. And that is Moonfall. Uh, Well, it is made by the same person who made 2012. And, but it's uh, also made by the same person that made Independence Day. Independence Day, yeah. Roland Emmerich is interesting. He's an interesting filmmaker. Roland Emmerich, even if his movies aren't great from a story or character standpoint, the spectacle is always so good looking. This The scope, the scale of it all is always great. This isn't the type of movie that... It's the type of movie that's just... You turn off your brain... And you just want to watch the moon destroy Earth. There's yeah. nothing There's nothing else to it. I don't care what happens in this movie. I don't care what happens to Patrick Wilson. I don't care what happens to Halle Berry. I don't care if they get together or I don't know what the story's about. I have no idea. I saw one trailer. I know the moon is falling. That's it. That's all I need to know. Yeah. It's a, it's a popcorn movie. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. You don't seem excited about this movie. I have I'm no idea excited. why. I'm not excited for it to be good. But I'm excited to watch Destruction. Um, I like end-of-world movie. What is good, really, Deshaun? I mean, a good movie, if you enjoy the movie, is it not a good movie? Yeah, but you can enjoy a movie and know it's a bad movie. Like Cat in the Hat. That is a bad movie. 
But, but what constitutes a bad movie? I mean, this this sparks the the eternal uh, struggle within myself. Are are movies? Can movies be objectively bad, or is it one hundred percent opinion? Like, how do you gauge? How do you measure what makes a bad movie or a bad screenplay or bad acting? In my mind, yes, Cat in the Hat clearly a bad movie. You look at it like you you can look at a movie that is just bad, and you can see what makes it bad, but. There's no way to measure that, really. You can't say, like, like you can say 2 plus 2 is 4, or yellow and blue equals green. Like, you can't quantifiably say Cat in the Hat is bad, and this is why it is definitively bad. There's people that enjoy it. You enjoy the movie. Yeah, you- that's right. I mean, like, at the end of the day, it is subjective, though, because, like... Exactly. If I... Put on Cat in the Hat, and I say, all right, compare this to a homemade movie by a 12-year-old. Why, okay, why is, and this is, I mean, I in my head, I know the answer. I want to know what you think, and I also, like, this is such an interesting topic to me. Why, to you, is The Godfather a better movie than Cat in the Hat? Acting, number one. Okay, but what makes the acting good? What makes the acting bad? And Cat in the Hat acting, when actors say certain things, like, all right, let's go with Alec Baldwin in that movie. Hit Alec Baldwin. Baldwin is in Cat in the Hat? Yes. Did and he I'm... accidentally shoot anybody? <sighs> so, Alec Baldwin in this movie, his acting in that is over the top. It is like, I'm surprised you're in this movie, and I'm surprised you're doing this in this movie. It just takes me out of the movie. So, I guess I would say a bad movie, bad acting, takes you out of the movie. I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. I agree with everything you're saying. Take what I said. The Godfather versus Cat in the Hat. The Godfather has gorgeous cinematography, nuanced performances, and a perfectly like tightly knit screenplay. Everything is just is well-crafted, whereas Cat in the Hat, which I haven't seen, but looks like it's just a cartoony, dumb kind of kids throw away whatever right like not not a whole lot of care was put into it like the care that was put into godfather but it's still art and you can't look at art and say this is better than this you can't look at a painting by i don't know picasso and then look at a painting by van gogh and say this van gogh painting is better than this picasso painting there's you just you why is this better than this painting it, it's not you can't that's your opinion in your opinion you like this painting more than this painting but there's nothing about it that you can point to that makes that better than that film is an art form so there's really nothing you can't use math or science to say that this is better than this like you can say three is a bigger number than two I, it's just such a hard topic to like yeah, there's what you're saying though there is such clearly objectively, and I say objectively, I don't know if I necessarily mean objectively, but you can look at bad acting and everybody will say, wow, that was bad acting. But how do you measure what bad acting is versus good acting? We can intuitively see it's it's based on, on human intuition. Do we believe what they're saying? Do we believe the emotions that they're conveying? 
is the dialogue what normal people would say. Did you see the movie Old? Wanted to. I missed it. So pretty much every line of dialogue in that movie does not feel like the way a human being would talk. It's just so contrived. That's one thing that you can point to and say, that's poorly written. That dialogue is poorly written because it's not natural. This is not how human beings talk. But you can't really say it's bad because somebody else might think it's a good movie. I thought it wasn't a very good movie. It wasn't terrible, but I didn't think it was a very good movie. But somebody else might watch it and they came away with it saying this was a good movie. It's such a this is such a long-winded conversation, but it's such a fascinating topic to me. I feel like you can make a whole podcast about it. No, this has been way too long with Kevin Hatha. Listen, these are the types of conversations that Moonfall strikes up. We'll see. Yeah. Right, what's next? What's next is a movie that will never compare to Moonfall, and that is oh well, first of all, Moonfall comes out. Uh, February 4th. <laughs> the other movie that comes out February 4th is Jackass Forever. I have a nostalgic attachment to Jackass. Like, I used to watch the show and I used to watch Viva La Bam. Yes. And I saw... I don't know which Jackass movie I saw in theaters. I saw one of them in theaters. And they're funny. Like, they're, they're a funny thing to watch for an hour and a half to watch these guys just get into stupid shit. I don't know how funny it's going to be to watch 40 and 50 year old guys get into it, but even funnier. I mean, it might be. I don't know. It was funny when uh, Johnny Knoxville did the uh, the grandpa bit where his balls were hanging out. The whole time. <laughs> yeah. But now he's actually like old enough to be a grandpa. Yeah, I don't know. How white hair and all, so yeah. Right. So it's I don't know how funny it'll be, but um, they do have a couple of new people in the cast. Um, I've seen some faces I know, like I know Tyler, the creators in it. It's it's still gonna be funny. It's people putting their body and like bodily harm. It's always funny. Um, so yeah, I I, I love Jackass. Love the show. It's fun. I I remember fun. when I was when I was young, I always wanted to do my own Jackass stuff. I never had the balls to do it, but I always wanted to. But you said it's always funny watching people, you know, put themselves in harm's way, basically giving you know beating yeah. the shit out of themselves and out of each other. Yeah. I don't think that's true. Really? It's something about this group of guys that makes it so endearing. I don't care about regular people doing it. It's something about this cast of characters. Johnny Knoxville, Wee Man, Steve-O. You know what? Steve-O has come a long way. He has. Really? I've, I've watched a couple of his like YouTube videos, and he's like, he's clean. Yeah. And he does some like some cool shit now. Yeah. So, yeah, I like Steve-O. Steve, I'm, I'm excited to see Steve-O again. Um, all right. So, like I said, that also comes out. February 4th. The next movie was a little uh, a little bit of a controversial movie. Death on the Nile. Controversy aside, how much are you looking forward to this movie? Not really. I always love a whodunit, but all my whodunit energy has gone to Knives Out 2. So I really don't care. You, about won't, you only have an, you, just enough for, for Knives Scream Out 2. You can't. And you can't. Not, Knives Out 2. I, I, I can only do whodunits twice in the you're done at two. Like that's you've always that's yeah. just been your way for yep. your entire life. Yep. Two who done it's a year. That's it. Yeah. So I kind of agree. I'm not super excited about it. I wasn't a huge fan of Murder on the Orient Express. It was fine. It was serviceable. It was good. It kept me entertained enough. I feel like it went on a little too long. Like I feel like it could have cut out a good 10 minutes of it at least. But 
this one for for whatever reason i mean the cast is good just like the last one the cast is good russell brand is an interesting choice for like a drama like this yeah which i like i'm very interested in that yeah i like i i always like when people are cast against type right but yeah, the cat. I mean, Gal Gadot. She's she's not she's nothing special. But in my opinion, she's gotten better and better with each thing she's been in. Yes. This one to me seems like it's gonna be more of a not a globe trotter, but it's gonna have more you know set pieces and stuff. Set yeah. pieces like di- different locations that we're gonna see. Aesthetically, it's going to be a little bit more varying. Like whereas Murder on the Orient Express, the whole thing was on a train that was in one spot pretty much the almost the whole movie yeah i don't know i I think it'll be fine i think it's going to be the same thing as murder on the orient express it's not going to be knives out or clue or anything like that death on the nile looks fine and it comes out february 11th i'm actually surprisingly looking forward to the next movie which is uncharted are you looking forward to uncharted i am i wasn't for the longest time, I just wasn't interested. And then I think it's the first trailer. I don't think I saw more than one trailer for this. Is it the first trailer that ends with him like falling out of the plane? Yeah. Yeah. So that trailer, I was like, all right, this looks fine. It looks like a night, a fun, like Indiana Jones meets Mission Impossible action adventure movie. Like, fortunately, I don't, I've never played the game. I have no attachment to these characters or anything like that because I know a lot of people are upset by the casting. I don't care. I don't care who's playing these characters because yeah. I don't know who should play these characters. But I, I also don't feel like I can be let down by this movie because I don't have high expectations for it. I just am like, oh, okay, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a fun action-adventure movie. Unless this movie turns out to be boring, I think this I'm, I'll enjoy this movie. What do you think? Obviously, with this movie, they wanted to tell a younger story. So Tom Holland's like, number one, the hottest young around that age after right now i think it's gonna be good i mean i'm my, my expectations are high i want to see a globe trotting movie i don't care if it's a retold story or a new story if it's good it's good and i really think it's going to be good because like number one this is the first movie that sony playstation studios are doing like this is their first movie they want to make a whole new studio division you want to start off on the good foot uncharted comes out february 18th all right, so uh, that covers everything regarding January 2022 and the movies we're looking forward to in February. Now, instead of doing our normal closing segment, what we're going to do is we are going to talk about, as late as it may be, our top 10 movies of 2021. So the way that I was planning on doing this originally was, you know, if we were going to do this as a full podcast was we would each kind of go one by one. Like I would do my 10, then you would say your 10, and then I would do my nine and you would do your nine. And we'd kind of talk about each one individually. But since we don't really have the time for that, I'm thinking we could just, you say, you say your honorable mentions and then your top 10, and then I'll say mine and then my top 10. And then we'll just kind of talk about them willy nilly, whatever. Does that work for you? Yeah, that's good. All right. So do you want to go first? No, you go first. Okay. So my honorable mentions are, and I have six of them, uh, which is too many. Honorable mentions should be like three, but I have six honorable mentions. Um, In the Heights, Pig, Mitchell's versus the Machines, Cop Shop, Luca, and this is where I'm probably going to lose some people because it's not on my top ten. 
Dune. Ooh, surprise. You know what? How about this? You what are your honorable mentions? We'll do that and then we'll do I'll say my 10 and then you say your 10. Only up to Okay. Luca and Malignant. All right. So I said that um I'm going to lose some people with uh Dune being be not being on my top 10, being yeah. in my honorable mentions. Well, this is where I'm probably going to lose the rest of the people because <laughs> my number 10 is Raya and the Last Dragon. <laughs> you put that over too, really? Yeah, I love okay. this movie. My number nine is Nobody. Ooh, number okay. eight, The Last Duel. Number seven, No Time to Die. Number six, The Suicide Squad. Number five, Free Guy. Number four, West Side Story. Number three, Mass. Number two, Spider-Man No Way Home. And number one, my favorite movie of 2021, Tick, Tick, Boom. So what is your top 10? All right. Number 10, The Suicide Squad. Number nine, A Quiet Place Part 2. Number eight, Tick, Tick, Boom. Number seven, The Tragedy of Macbeth. Number six, Dune. Five, Shang-Chi. Four, Free Guy. Three, Last Night in Soho. Number two, no time to die, and number one, no way home. Okay, that's that's not a super surprising list. Other than um, I would say last night in Soho, but yeah, that I, that is a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, I never did get a chance to see the tragedy of Macbeth. Um, I have a handful of movies that I didn't get to see that I, like I actually made a list of movies to watch before I. I don't like to make my top ten list until I've seen all of the movies that. Either A, I want to see, B, are ending up on a lot of people's top 10 lists, or C, are movies that seem like I would put on my, like that I would enjoy enough to put on my top 10 list. So, okay, let's start with honorable mentions. Are there any of my, I'll go through them again if you need me to, of my honorable mentions. Did you see all of them? Actually, real quick though, I made the list probably what, last week when we were supposed to do this? Last week or two weeks ago? Yeah. Two days ago, I saw The Last Duel. So that would probably, if it doesn't bump Suicide Squad out of number 10 on me, it'll be honorable mention number one. Okay. Continue, though. So I'm going to go, I'll read my honorable mentions real quick again. In the Heights, Pig, Mitchells versus the Machines, Cop Shop, Luca, and Dune. Is there anything on there that either you, well, first of all, did you see all of those? Are there any of those that you didn't see? Didn't see Cop Shop. Then see Pig. Did you see Mitchell's versus the Machines? No. Oh, dude, you should see that. I think yeah, I think you would really like that. I heard good things about it. It's animated, ain't it? Yeah, it's Sony Pictures animation. Okay. It's on Netflix. It's really good. You did say so you didn't see Cop Shop? Didn't see Cop Shop. Cop Shop was a surprise to me. I knew nothing about the movie other than the fact that Gerard Butler was in it. I kn- I had no idea what the movie was about. I didn't even know the genre of movie other than I could kind of guess based on the fact that Gerard Butler's in it. Not at all what I expected. I definitely recommend watching it. And I'm sure you know this. I'm a big advocate of going into movies knowing as little as possible as you can about the movie. So I don't want to say too much of what it's about, but just watch it. Um, And you didn't see Pig either? No. Another one that I definitely recommend because it's – Nicolas Cage, like, I've never seen him before. Like, even back when Nicolas Cage wasn't doing, like, outlandish stuff, 
I don't think he's ever done anything this like intimate and and just kind of subdued. I don't know. He's so not Nicolas Cage in this movie. It's crazy. But yeah, what were your honorable mentions again? Luca and uh, Malignant. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see Malignant. Those were my only uh, two honorable mentions. Was Malignant? That wasn't James Wan, was it? It was. I just didn't. It was on HBO Max. Like It was one of those day and date releases for HBO Max. Yeah. So I very easily could have watched it. I just never had the desire. Are you surprised that Dune isn't in my top 10? Or are you kind of... Yeah, that's very surprising. I thought you liked it a lot. Where did you have it in your top 10? What number was it? I had Dune at number six. Yeah, I did really like Dune. I mean, I my main thing is it felt too much like half of a movie. Yeah. I think that was my main issue with it was while I enjoyed watching it, it didn't feel like a fulfilling viewing experience to me. That's that, definitely fair. Now, <laughs> you sounded surprised. Were you surprised that Raya and the Last Dragon was on my top ten? I'm surprised it beat Doom. I was kind of back and forth on that. Like for me, number ten is always the hardest one because it's like which any one of these honorable mentions could have been my number ten. So it's like which one is best out of all of these movies? Which one is going to be number ten? And I was I was back and forth between Dune and Raya and the Last Dragon, but I I went I went with my heart. Hey, I was going to go with Dune just so that I didn't sound like a weirdo Disney fanatic, but I don't care. See, I I like that though. I like that it, I, like, I would have never suspected, number one, that Raya would be in your top ten and knocking out Doom. So you you said you did see The Last Duel? Yeah, l- literally and, two days ago. And you you liked it enough that it's a contender for your top ten? If it, if it doesn't knock out Suicide Squad, it's honorable mention. I would have to think on it because I j- literally just saw it two days ago. And right now, I would still say Suicide Squad is number ten. I was surprised by how much I liked The Last Duel. I don't know. I wasn't expecting. I think maybe because uh, I wasn't a huge fan of. I didn't dislike it, but I wasn't a huge fan of House of Gucci. So Ridley Scott kind of, and it's it, that was the Ridley Scott movie of the year that I was looking forward to. Like I was looking forward to that much more than I was looking forward to the Last Duel. So then once I saw House of Gucci and was let down a little bit by it, I was kind of like, oh well, then the Last Duel's not going to be any good if this wasn't any good. But then I watched the Last Duel, and yeah, and I was. Surprised at how much I liked it. I think there were some bits that could have been cut out for time. Like the way the movie structured where it's the three different points of view. Yeah. There were some things that were like a little bit redundant. Um, 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 that Jody, which, do you know, is it Jody Comer? Com- Jody Comer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my first time ever seeing her was in Free Guy. And then now yeah, that, same. she, I really like her. Like, I really think she's. Like I know she's done other shit, which I don't know of, but like right. though just those two movies alone, like she was in something that I had seen, but I didn't know who she was before. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Rise of Skywalker. But that's it. Yep, that's what it was. Oh, yeah, but she goodness. that she's barely in that. Yeah. So what else? Um <laughs> where did you have no time to die on your list? Number two. Oh, okay. Yeah, I should have known. Did you see Mass, the movie that I have as number three? Mass? No. Ooh, okay. If there's any movie that we've talked about today, that's the very first one you should watch. It's Mass, M-A-S-S? Yeah. Okay. Other than the fact that it takes place in a church basement, there's no religion about it, really. Um, The whole movie, 
takes place. Uh, I'll say 90% of the movie takes place in this one room and it's four people having a conversation and that's 90% of the movie and it is riveting, engaging. It is so good. I don't want to tell you what the movie's about or what they're talking about. I don't, I never saw a trailer for it, so I don't know how they marketed the movie, but I do, I will tell you that as you're watching the movie, you have no idea what, why these four people are meeting what it is they're talking about what they do is they kind of drop little clues here and there in the conversation to kind of get you to pick up on what it is they're talking about but these characters they clearly have a history i cannot recommend this movie enough free guy was a surprise uh, i think free guy was the surprise of the year for me yeah duffy for me too all right all right so let's very very quickly talk about most anticipated movies of uh 2022 um but real quick i have some honorable mentions which would be knives out 2 the flash killers of the flower moon top gun maverick and elvis so my top 10 starting with 10 number 10 is the fablemans which is the sort of semi-autobiographical movie that steven spielberg is making about his childhood um michelle williams is playing his mom Paul Dano is playing his dad. I mean, I, it's not necessarily supposed to be supposed to be him, but it's like Belfast or Roma, where it's sort of like a love letter to their childhood and their childhood home. Right. But it seems like a really interesting movie. And it's actually also written by Steven Spielberg, which is, as far as I know, only the second time he's ever written something that he directed. Um, but anyway, number nine is Avatar 2. I wouldn't be excited for this if I didn't go to Disney World and experience everything Avatar in Pandora. Number eight, Thor Love and Thunder. Number seven, The Gray Man. Do you know what The Gray Man is? Yes, I do. Yeah, Russo Brothers are directing Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling. It's basically like a, from what I gather, is like a thriller action kind of movie. Um, and it has the aforementioned uh, Ana de Armas in it. Number six is Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Number five... Oh, damn. I must have made this list more than a week ago. Because I have... Number five, I have Mission Impossible 7, but that just got postponed to 2023. Yes, it did. So I guess move everything up one, and I'll put um, probably Knives Out 2 as number 10. Number four... Wait, yeah, number four is Lightyear. Number three, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And number two and one can be interchangeable, but I'm going to... Number one I'll have as number one because I've actually seen stuff from it. So number two is Babylon. Do you know what that is? Yeah. It was actually supposed to come out last year, um, and then it just didn't because I don't think it, it was able to be made because of COVID. Um, and it's the it's a Damien Chazelle movie. That's really all that needs to be said. Yeah. Damien Chazelle will always be in my top 10 forever and ever. Amen. Um, and then number one, do you know what number one is? I don't think so. You already said Doctor Strange. Right. All right, what um, is it? The Batman. Oh, yeah. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. Go ahead. What What are yours? What's your honorable mentions? And then what's your, your list? All right. So honorable mentions, I have Black Adam, the untitled Mario movie. Uh, Sonic 2 and The Northman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, so number 10, X. Number is Nope. 
the new Jordan Peele horror movie. Oh, yeah. Number eight, Lightyear. Number seven, Creed 3. Number six, The Black Phone. The Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, it looks, I can't wait for that. Number five, Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness. Number four, Halloween Ends. I'm putting aside my hate for Halloween Kills and hoping that Halloween Ends can finish off strong. Number three, The Batman. Number two, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. And number one, Knives Out 2. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I just, I love Knives Out 1, like, so much. All right. Well, I think that'll about do it. Thank you so much for listening, as always. You can find us on any of the podcasting platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc., etc., uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Mike's and Movies Podcast. Feel free to join in on the conversation over there. If you have anything to say, just leave a comment on the uh, the post that is uh, you know that relates to this episode. Yeah, that's about it. Share it with your friends and family. Do whatever you got to do. Make us famous. Make it so that this can be our full time job. We can quit. <laughs> and just do this all the time. That'd be great. Thank you again for listening. We will see you next time. Farewell. It's a wrap, everybody.